Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. If you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. March Madness is coming up. We're going to take you behind the scenes with my good friend, Joanne Scott, Managing Director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. Look, we didn't have March Madness last year. It's back. It's going to look different. It's just in the state of Indiana. But I think most of you listening to this are as excited as I am that March Madness is back. So we're going to go behind the scenes with Joanne Scott on our show today. I'm joined by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I agree. I am good because, hey, it's it's a great week. It's March Madness week. It's like the sports, uh, you know, pinnacle of sports and the hoops and everything. So, yeah, let's bring it on. I love Joanne Scott. She's always great, too. So good show today. And it's going to look different. Like I said, it's only in one state, the state of Indiana. Uh, no Duke or Kentucky for the first time since 1976. Uh, you know, Gonzaga is going into this thing undefeated and is a number one seed. I think it's wide open, Griggs. I mean, you know, I'm not an expert on college basketball, but I would not be surprised if we saw something weird happen this year with a team that we didn't expect winning this thing. Yeah, this is the year that the 16 is going to beat the number one. You just can feel it coming. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could. So Uh, But, you know, so many things are different about the tournament this year and logistics are different. Twenty five percent capacity in the venues. Some storied Indiana venues are going to be showcased during the tournament. Griggs, you know, I'll talk to Joanne about this, but I actually wonder if part of the new normal. What if it was just in Indiana every year? What if it didn't travel around anymore? What if you didn't have to go to the East Coast or the West Coast? and cross country trips. If you're, if you're Georgetown and you're playing in Seattle or, you know, Portland or LA or somewhere like that, like this is in the middle of the country. Indiana is the hotbed of basketball. It is a religion there. We've all seen the movie Hoosiers. I kind of like the vibe of having it in the state of Indiana. Yeah. When they came out and said, it's going to be all in Indiana. I was like, perfect. It's the perfect spot for it. Like you said, storied history of tons of basketball, great venues. And I mean, it's going to be so much easier on the, uh, on the fans that when they start traveling, especially when they get full capacity in the years to come, you know, traveling fans and the teams, like you said, flying across country, if you can just go to one spot, how huge would that be? I think it's a great idea. The other thing I think you and I agree on is we love the CBS Turner Sports collaboration on March Madness. When I see Charles Barkley talking college basketball 
and we see, you know, Clark Kellogg being part of uh, the coverage and, and, you know, sitting down with uh, the Turner guys. I just think, you know, look, this is the 10th year of that partnership. Most people have said really great things about the partnership. There's the new March Madness live app, and that's growing. So, you know, you're able to watch the tournament on all your different devices. So I, I always look forward to the coverage of the tournament as well. Totally. I think uh, Turner has found a gem and they've put together some great teams. I look forward to it. Like you said, I, lo- I love the halftimes in the pregame shows because they're just as entertaining and you get so much information out of it. So great collab. And hopefully Turner can just keep it going for years to come because it's, it's awesome. All right. We are starting something new on Sports Business Radio, and it is called the Power Player of the Week, presented by our new partner, Power Up Premium Trail Mix. I will tell you this, I love Power Up Premium Trail Mix. I'm a healthy eater, and you know, there's a lot of times where you get trail mix, and it's got junk in it, and it's got lots of candy, and this and that and the other, and this is like super high-quality trail mix, and Lindsey Horan, and the Washington Capitals, and Danica Patrick, and people like that are, are partners of Power Up, so I'm really looking forward to working with them, but I also am looking forward to featuring a power player from the sports business world, and we're going to do that as part of this new partnership, and Griggs, our first Power Player of the Week presented by Power Up Premium Trail Mix is Bianca Smith. So Bianca Smith was recently hired by the Boston Red Sox as a minor league coach, making her the first black woman to serve as a coach in the history of pro baseball. She's going to start her Red Sox career based at the club's player development facility in Fort Myers, Florida. She's going to work mainly with position players. Smith played softball at Dartmouth graduating in 2012. So Bianca Smith of the Boston Red Sox is our first power player of the week presented by Power Up Premium Trail Mix. What do you think of that? I think it's great. I think uh, what a story for her too. I mean, wow, historic, historic moment for her. And that's going to be fun to see how she can help the team grow and help herself grow. And I'm excited about it. I also love Trail Mix. So here we go. Give it to me. I know we have a lot of people who work in the sports business industry that listen to this podcast. So here's how you can nominate your Power Up Premium Trail Mix Power Player of the Week. Go on to social media, Instagram or Twitter. Use the hashtag PowerUpPOW, like Power Up Player of the Week. PowerUpPOW. That's the hashtag that you should use. Nominate someone from your organization to be our Power Up player of the week. Griggs, I'm really excited about this new segment and what a great partner. And, and like you said, uh, I love premium trail mix and boy, they sent me a, a goodie bag. If we weren't in, uh, you know, if we were in our studio together, I would share with you. But since we're in uh, a pandemic, I, I think I'm going to have to eat it all by myself. You can have it with the next round, the next box that comes though, we're splitting at 50, 50. All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> all right. So speaking of the Boston Red Sox, LeBron James, is buying into the Fenway Sports Group, which owns the Boston Red Sox, at an undisclosed number of shares. James has been part owner of the Premier League club Liverpool, which is also owned by the Fenway Sports Group since 2011. So he's working with his business partner, Maverick Carter, and they are going to become Fenway Sports Group's first black partners. So Griggs... LeBron has always been a Yankees fan. Now he's part owner of the Boston Red Sox. I mean, you got to root for the team that you're part owner of, right? 
I think you have to. I mean, you're jumping in and you know he's not just buying one share. I'm sure he's got a pretty good say on it. So I think he's going to be a Red Sox fan now. He kind of has to. So as part of this deal, he's not just going to own the Red Sox. He is also going to own uh, the Red Sox and Boston Bruins primary broadcaster. That's the New England Sports Network. There's Roush Fenway Racing and then there's Fenway Sports Management. So a lot of different uh, pieces of inventory come with this portfolio that he's buying into with Maverick Carter and, you know, LeBron James, much like Michael Jordan back in the day and much like Tiger Woods and Serena Williams and others, he's diversifying his portfolio and pretty cool to be able to tell your kids and your friends that you're part owner of a major league baseball team. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Like you, you and me talk about all the time. Sports is so much more than just playing on the court anymore. It's, you know, your investments. It's who you partner with. It's the ven- ventures you go out onto. And, you know, LeBron is like the king of that. He's, he's got feelers and everything. And uh, he's just setting up his career and his family and everything past when he's off the hardwood. So I think it's great. And uh, it will be funny to see him in a Boston uh, Red Sox hat, though. All right. Coming up next, Joanne Scott, the managing director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. It's going to look different this year. She'll give us a behind-the-scenes look at the biggest tournament in the United States every year. It's, it's one of the biggest and best. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. This segment of Sports Business Radio is brought to you by Power Up Premium Trail Mix. Forget the stale trail mixes with peanuts, raisins, and junk candy. Power Up is a trail mix brand that specially curates their mixes fresh with good-for-you quality ingredients that power you up with nutrients your body needs and flavors your taste buds crave. These premium trail mixes come in several varieties and can be eaten on the go wherever the day takes you. Fuel up like sports icons Lindsey Horan and the Washington Capitals. And find Power Up Nationwide at retailers on Amazon and at PowerUpSnacks.com. My guest is Joanne Scott. She is the managing director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. She has been a longtime friend. She's joined me before. She used to work at Nike. That's where we got to know each other. Joanne, thanks so much for joining us on Sports Business Radio. I always love when we do these behind-the-scenes looks of March Madness. Sure, and I'm looking out the window in Indianapolis, and it's looking like uh, Portland, Oregon weather. <laughs> it's like I'm, ba- I'm just sitting in Oregon right now. Oh, rain and, and gray, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I actually love the fact that you guys pivoted to do this in the state of Indiana. I mean, you couldn't have picked a better state where basketball is like a religion and you've got all these wonderful venues, Assembly Hall, Hinkle Fieldhouse, Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Tell us about pivoting to doing this in a singular state because this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, it's definitely historical. First of all, it's awesome to be always talking to you, Brian. I love listening to your podcast when I go on my, what I used to do, lunch walk. So, um, thank you. But, you know, we, um, we, we knew when, I guess when the NBA went into, a, into their bubble and the league started doing that, we, you know, I think your mind always goes, what happens if we have to do that? So I think we envisioned it, you know, last summer. I know I did. Um, but really then what we really wanted to do is wait for college football and college basketball and the NFL. I mean, nobody had really gone to just the regular season. So we just felt we needed to wait until all those, you know, fall sports took off and see how that went. So, um, but what we, what we clearly, you know, identified as we progressed was that we definitely needed to be in one state. 
it's really tough to deal with all you, you, you read it every day all these every county has a different i'm sure you do in oregon too perhaps i know in indiana we do every county has a different protocol right so to deal with all those protocols of the 68 teams and where they're coming from and all the sites that we were going to and to make sure it was equitable and that the same rules would apply to everybody um was really going to be tough so um, we, you know, we started looking at that in early November and said, okay, what, you know, what are some options? We looked at two or three cities, but when we looked at it, first of all, you know, Indianapolis is our backyard. Um, as you said, it is basketball crazy, uh, neighborhoods, as I say, but the final four is here. And so we just felt like if the risk at the time, you have to remember months ago, what, you know, when you're planning on this, COVID was a little different than we know now. So you never know what's going to change, but we just felt like with the final four here, we wouldn't want to host events somewhere else and have to fly them in. So we just felt like, how could we make it work here? And with all of our great partners and universities of basketball, of you know, Mackey and uh, Simon Scott Arena, um, Assembly Hall and and Butler and Hinkle and and even Farmers Coliseum. I mean, like there and then Banker's Life, it all just worked out. And and I have to say, all the community was just phenomenal to work with. The only thing I was disappointed is I really wanted to see a game played in the Hoosiers gym from the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people reached out to us to ask if we had evaluated the high school gyms because they have such phenomenal high school gyms here in Indiana. Um, but a lot of it is just power and park and power with trucks, as you know, and right. trucks and the courts. I mean, our courts longer. So that's, it just couldn't happen. No, I hear you. So capacity for each venue, and I know the venues have different capacities, but it sounds like it's going to be twenty five percent. Is that right? Yeah, it's up to twenty five percent. Again, we're in three we're in three counties: Tippecanoe, Monroe, and Marion. And uh, Tippecanoe is is uh, Purdue, and Monroe is IU, and we're in Marion. And so, with the three um, health, county health departments, have been phenomenal working together. And what we just is, what we said was up to twenty five percent. We have a lot of the venues really depend on the six foot uh, physical distancing. So sometimes you can get 25 percent capacity and sometimes with some of the buildings you can't. So we just said up to 25 percent. And that was that is the time, you know, what the uh, the counties allow. And I know in the past you've always had this uh, student athlete family stipend where they can come to games Uh and, and, you know, especially for the final four. How is that working? Like, what's that division of the 25 percent look like? Are are student athletes able to invite a couple members of their family to come? I'm sure there's staff that's there. But how does that work this year? Yes, the student athletes, we've allocated six tickets uh, to each university to distribute to their student athletes. Um, and so that does come out of the ticket allotment. Uh, the family travel stipend is for the final four for teams once their teams make the final four. But uh, there are there are tickets within each ticket block, yes, for each team that are for their, their player. We call them player guest tickets. How are you doing hotels? I mean, we've seen, again, in the bubble, there were different ways to do hotels. Everyone's going to be in the state of Indiana. How are you doing that? So we have uh, four hotels that connect to the Indiana Convention Center, um, and uh, our great partner and our corporate partner, Marriott, um, has three of them with uh, the JW, the Marriott, and the Westin. And then we also have the La Meridian, which is a Marriott hotel for our officials, and our Hyatt Hotel. And And Indianapolis has this incredible footprint that they have these skywalks that you can walk to the convention center. So we basically have locked it down and uh, the teams can come and go to the uh, the convention center um, and uh, they get a floor, they get an entire floor, they get a single room and, um, uh, and a meeting room. 
that is physically distanced to where they can meet and eat meals. Um, they can also walk over to the convention center. We have a team meeting room over there as well that's physically distanced. Uh, we're calling that study hall. Remember, you know, a lot of them aren't, we, a lot of schools aren't having spring break right now because of COVID. So there's a lot of them, I mean, that it's just, you know, not, it's not, at this time of year, sometimes folks will be on a week's uh, spring break, but they're not. So uh, a lot of them are taking tests. A lot of them are, 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 sco- are Zooming their classes. So there's meeting rooms over there as well, but it's just, these hotels are just connected. They're just this, you know, it's not even a block. It's, it's but yet it feels like you're getting out of the hotel without really getting out in out of the controlled environment. Right. How are you doing COVID testing? Again, we've seen all different types of leagues and, you know, tournaments yep. and things like that. How do you guys do that? So we uh, partnered with IU Health locally, and they are our COVID tester. Um, uh, and they are in every hotel. We're, we're testing right in the hotel lobbies. Um, lobbies are meeting rooms, I would say. And so um, – uh, they are, and they're lab, they're lab-based PCR tests, and they are lab that they are running these tests are literally 11, I'm looking to my left, about 11 blocks away. So it's worked very well. Uh, it's been very smooth, um, and it's it's happening daily. They've had to come in with seven negative P, uh, tests, and one has to be a PCR in those seven days. And then once they arrive, uh, they have a, a PCR, so it's negative or a plus 12 hours. And then the next day, they have another PCR until they were let out of quarantine. And then we're testing daily with PCR. So if a team has an outbreak, I think what I've read is that they would forfeit and the team that they were supposed to play would advance to the next round. Is that right? Um, you know, we have a replacement team policy. It would just depend. Marion County is, um, as probably you are, I don't know if you're in Multnomah, I don't remember what county you are, but um, Marion County is the, the governing county for the health department so what they would do is they would contact trace um so it would you depend on the positive test or um who on the positive test the contact tracing is overseen by marion county um and they would do their contact tracing so if you're saying like a whole we have we have a replacement uh policy where if a whole team was you know knocked out or quarantined out then yes we would have a we have a replacement policy in place so, now that's only before the first round okay. after we start the tournament, we're not going to replace. That's what you're speaking about. It's right. no contest. Yeah. I yep. saw the, the, what was it? The last four in or the four replacements yes. like Louisville. Actually and- first. Yeah. The first four out. Yeah. Right. The first four out last four in or in the first four, but yes. Yeah. It is. I think uh, off the top of my head, it is Louisville. It is Colorado state. It is St. Louis and I'm sorry, I forgot the last one. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I, I mean, I think it's interesting <laughs> that, you know, I think that's a great, you're a great planner and I know your staff plans for every contingency. And I think that's smart to have that in place. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this is something that we've been asked by our membership. It's something we've had on our mind from day one as we planned um, that, you know, we would need a replacement. We had to have a replacement policy. So last year, the tournament was canceled, as were many, many things. Just from a personal standpoint, you know, I found that things that are starting to return, whether it's going to my favorite restaurant or, you know, being able to go for a walk in a park, like, it's so nice when things come back. It's got to make you appreciate the tournament even more than you ever have before since it went away last year. 
Yeah, I think that um, I would say the word um, I can think of when you said that is finally, because it's been a lot. I mean, if there's probably anything looking back, we could have used a lot more time to plan. Mm. Um, it's a big undertaking in one city. I think we have 150 buses. Um, you know, we've got 12 courts in the convention center and we have six weight rooms and it's a lot. It's a huge undertaking when it, because these kids eat, these student athletes eat a lot. They yeah. need Wi-Fi. They need Wi-Fi for both homework and games you know, esports, And so it's a, it's a big undertaking. So I think a little bit more time, but we've just been immersed with it. A lot of people tell me it's historic and, you know, we're playing basketball, but we've just been so immersed for, I have that. I'm not sure I've appreciated that yet. Um, and I think just having the teams arrive and, and having selections and seeing the conference tournaments really did bring it full life, full to life. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. You probably haven't even thought about this yet, but I have, um, you know, there's been for years, people have said, Hey, if I have to travel cross country to go to a game, it's too hard. It's too expensive. Have you thought about maybe the new normal is holding the tournament in a singular state like you're doing this year. So people can just come to one place versus having to go to places all over the country. You know, somebody told me that Jim Nance made that, that comment the other day. Um, I, I truly believe it's a national championship and I truly believe, and I've seen this happen with us rotate what we try and do is rotate around the nation. I mean, like we want college basketball to thrive on every coast. Right. Um, and it wasn't a few years ago we were in Phoenix. I think you were there and you know, we hadn't had it on the West coast. Well, I mean, basketball needs to for college basketball needs to thrive on the West coast. So I truly believe that, um, you know, that it's a national tournament and that we will represent you know, all, all regions, that's me, but I, you know, I don't vote. I, you know, a lot of people think I work at the NCA and I get a vote. I don't vote. I just do what they, we're a membership organization. Uh, so we'll see, you know, I think we've learned a lot of good things from this planning and a lot of things we may do differently. I know that's just what forces you to do it. I totally hear what you're saying that it's great to spread it around and have it in different places. But I would think from an expense standpoint, it's got to be less expensive to do it in one state than having it all over the country. Is that, I mean, you don't have to give me numbers, but is, isn't that be true? Um, I don't, I don't know if I can, um, I don't know that yet just because this year, just because so many COVID issues, Sure. Right. Example, yeah. we have three, you know, we normally give a team one bus. And we're giving them three buses. Got it. You know, we'd normally double up hotel rooms. We're giving them one hotel room. And those are all COVID pr pr uh, protocols. And we we would do those. So it, I couldn't tell you that yet. But I will also tell you, Brian, we uh, seed and then we bracket by the uh, by regions and pods. And, um, you know, it's much easier if you're in Portland, right, to get to places on the West Coast with your fans. So, um, you know, for all those first and second round games. So a lot of the reasons that we do assign the regions in the first and second rounds the way we do is so fans can drive. doesn't always work that way because we have teams on the seed line that have to crisscross. Right. But in most cases, we try and do it. And so a lot of that is just for the student athlete experience of families, fans, band and cheer can get in a bus and get close, you know, and so forth. So. It's a little, you know, it's, it's got a little bit of both. It's what a, the experience of being, you know, the student athlete. But I, I do also think this has got a little different appeal as well. Hey, everyone. Sports Business Radio host Brian Berger here. The wait is finally over. Sports Business Radio merchandise has finally arrived. We're working with our friends at the Parish Project 
to provide you with the opportunity to buy really quality sports business radio merchandise. We've started with long sleeve t-shirts and short sleeve t-shirts. They come in five different colors each, a variety of sizes. I love my shirts. And soon we're going to have hoodies to offer as well, hooded sweatshirts. I know a lot of you are wearing hooded sweatshirts while you're working from home these days, but whether you're working out, just lounging around the house, or doing whatever you're doing, you can rock Sports Business Radio merchandise. I think you're going to love it. Go to parishproject.com. That's P-A-R-I-S-H project.com. Parishproject.com. And you can order your Sports Business Radio merchandise today. We appreciate your support. And uh, send us your best picture. Tweet it to us at SB Radio. Or also you can get us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. We look forward to seeing you rocking that Sports Business Radio merchandise. So let's talk about your terrific broadcast partners. Uh, I always love watching the CBS Sports and Turner Sports partnership. It is unlike really anything that we see with any other event. So many talented broadcasters and you know, the broadcast looks amazing. You've got the March Madness Live app that I know you added a few years back, and I know that app has continued to grow. With everything being in Indiana, tell us about how you're working with your broadcast partners. So, um, you know, for them, it's been great because when we were in eight sites, you know, and even with COVID protocols, I would think, you know, I would say to you, everybody has to have a backup plan, and we do, in being in one city. Uh, but you know, they, they're, they've been great because they've, they've been in banker's life. I mean, because we've been in banker's life with our first and second rounds and regionals, um, Lucas oil stadium, we are doing the regional setup instead of the final four, but you know, they've been here broadcasting our regionals. Actually, we were supposed to be here last year for our regionals. Um, they've done games down at IU and Purdue. So for them, it's been really good that way. Um, but I mean, they're, they're just, so good to work with and they they're we, I feel like we work really well together um and and it's been interesting because we've all we've all had to you know work through all of this on how do we still deliver that cool behind the scenes videos and and a lot of times they embed crews with teams and you know you can't do that anymore so how do we get that behind the scenes video like keeping physically distance and testing protocols and so forth so they're, they've been very, very accommodating, and they are as probably protocol. They have as many protocols on their own without, you know, coming into what we're doing in the city. But um, I, I think it's, I think, you know, the personality is a lot, though, Brian. If you just think about it, it's the personality that really what attracts people as well to the, just to the when they're in the studio. No, absolutely. I, like I love seeing Charles Barkley talk about college basketball. I think it's yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and actually we do it. We do a, a, a kind of a seminar with them and it's fascinating to watch them when we start talking about the rules and the questions and the knowledge they have that all, all the, uh, of the, the, the talent and they're, you know, they, they, you know, it's, we, we have rules changes and we keep to keep up with rules changes, but yeah, it's, it's, I think it's now going on. This might be our 10th year um, that we've had the partnership with them. I mean, 10 years ago, you watched it on one channel. And 2010 was a life. I think 2011 was the first year where it went to all four networks. So we're now 10 years in. Um, and I, I just think they all do a phenomenal job. 
This is the only time of year I watch true TV. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> a lot of people tell me that. I think somebody told me at one time um, that there's, that's a, a common Google yeah. during this time of year. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the broadcasters, <laughs> are they going to be on site? Because I know more and more teams are doing things remotely. Will they be on site calling the games? Yeah, at this time, they are planning to be on site. Uh, the last update that I had had, and we have built out, and again, we're following Marion County protocols. Sure. We've built out locations for them and making sure they're, um, you know, physically distanced from each other and from the, the crowd and from uh, from the floor. So, yes, at this time, they are. What about the March Madness Live app? Any changes with that from years past? Um, you know, we were going, it's got a new look that we were going to roll out last year, but because of, you know, the cancellation, we rolled it out. We're rolling it out this year. So there, you'll see some new graphics and some new content there. They do, they do that. That's a great, and again, that's our next generation and that's our next generation of fans. So they do a great job. You know, I'm up in the Pacific Northwest, obviously Gonzaga, number one team undefeated people up here are very excited about their chances in the tournament, but I got to tell you, Joanne, I feel like this year going into the tournament, it's completely wide open. I mean, anyone could win it and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I I kind of watching this season. I've said to myself, it's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, I will tell you, there has been so much sacrifice by these players and these coaches to get in and trainers and strength coaches and all of them and academic advisors to make it through the season. It's been phenomenal. And so I think now that they're here, it will be interesting to see um, if there's a different mindset of some of them. I think it's going to be interesting to see if we see, you know, probably a different side of some of these teams because, you know, um, it's, they've had a lot of sacrifices. I mean, think about when you're in college, Brian, you know, and what they've, you know, gone through to get to where they are today. Right. right. Um, So it'll be really, I I just think it's going to be phenomenal. And I agree with you. Um, You know, I just think that, um, the talent, incredible talent, um, and watching the conference tournaments that there is out there right now, um, I, I think it's going to be fun. You've got great sponsors like AT&T, Coca-Cola, Capital One. Other than just their commercials during the broadcast, I would imagine that you've had to come up with clever ways of incorporating them because, again, limited capacity, things are different mm-hmm. than during a normal year. How have you handled those conversations? Yeah, you know... I will tell you, like when it comes to product like Powerade and Coca-Cola and Dasani water, I'm telling you, it is all over the convention center and every <laughs> team. I mean, I mean, you, it, I can't remember how many tens, how many thousand cases of it's tens of thousands of cases. Um, and, and, and that's um, such an authentic message, I think. Um, but I think the first thing I thought of when you said that was this week was, you know, these are growing boys and, um, and coaches, you know, and so our corporate partners, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wendy's and Pizza Hut, the last three nights, um, we've taken orders and they've been great, phenomenal partners and they're delivering pizzas and burgers and wings, which is really what March Madness is about. Yeah. So, and, 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 and they're loving it. The kids are loving it. Um, and so it's just trying to, as you said, trying to align with them in a different way this year. Um, so it, it's, it's ongoing, but I am excited. I, there's some, I've seen the Capital One ads. There's going to be some good ones. You'll love them. I know you've always had a great relationship with the coaches and the ADs at many of these schools. What are you hearing from them heading into this tournament? You know, when I, I've been in 
basketball so many years. And, uh, you know, if you talk to 10 coaches, five are going to tell you one thing and five are going to tell you the completely opposite. <laughs> I tried to keep that in mind all yeah. my career. Um, it's just the way I, I mean, even my years at USA basketball, uh, with gold medal winning coaches, you know, no two coaches run a practice the same. Um, so, you know, I think it's probably the same with coaches. I think I will tell you, I've been just, it's been remarkable. Um, again, I think it's because of the sacrifices to see how many coaches are just so thrilled to be here and student athletes, just thrilled to be here. Um, but I think that it's gratefulness. I think that I think they, uh, know what it was like last year to not play. Um, I think that's where our, even our own staff, we've been talking, it's been two years. Um, you know, that we have, we've been able to, what we call, you know, enact our, our, our plans. And so I think gratefulness is what I am seeing and appreciative, you know, just people that are appreciating it. You know, I was really concerned about, you know, a lot of things and I'm seeing that coaches are just really grateful that it's taking place and they're, and they're very vocal about it, which doesn't always happen with basketball coaches. Yeah. No, again, when something's taken away and you get it back, I, I would think you would be more grateful yeah. about it. Yeah, and I think that's just kind of with everybody in sport right now. I think anybody that participated is just grateful. All right, Final Four, Lucas Oil Stadium. I know we've had conversations before producing a basketball event in a football stadium. What are the challenges of that logistically? And and again, 25% capacity this year, it's, it's going to be different. Yeah, so we normally would put the court in the middle of the stadium and then put, like, what I would say the Rose Garden, right, um, right in the middle, the seating system for 17,000. That would fill the football stadium and blend up into the, the bleachers. And so we would usually get to, I think it was 70,000 here, high 60s, high 70, or high 60s, low 70s. When we knew COVID was hitting and we knew we were going to shift and pivot, we love the word pivot, um, we went to the two, we, we went to the regional setup, which is just in the end zone. So it's, you know, it's in the end zone. And so we have two side by sides with a curtain down the middle. So really the build out is easier this year because we aren't building in. I mean, we normally on selection said they start building out the uh, seating system for the final four, which is three weeks later. So, um, I'm yeah, selection Sunday. So, um, so the build out there has been a little bit easier, um, you know, but the two courts in there, we have, a, um, Lucas oil has a big, sh- uh, curtain that comes down the middle to separate the two courts. Okay. This year's probably been more focused on the, the physical distance seating and our benches and making sure that they're physically distanced, the scores tables, um, and all that, that, the, the, the protocols there is probably been, you know, what we focused on more. So do people for Final Four, do they just sit in pods like I've seen at many other sporting yeah, events? totally. Yep, six-foot distance in pods. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Um, okay, so last year, NCAA missed the tournament, obviously, like many, many other events. This year, 25% capacity. I know the tournament is the number one revenue generator for the NCAA. You know, I'm not going to ask you to go into the weeds on this, but I would imagine this is so important this year to be able to play this tournament because your broadcast partners are a big part of the revenue and, and these schools depend on the payout from this tournament. Yeah. Um, we did have, uh, uh, insurance catastrophic insurance last year. So oh, we did get, okay. uh, we did when not, not to the, we weren't insured to the maximum amount of our um, insurance policy. Um, but it is, it is a, uh, it is a, at one time, I think it was like 93 to 95% revenue that pays and it pays for a lot of the NCAA championships, but it is, it's money 
that it, the distribution has gone, it does go to our member uh, universities. So it has, I think, um, you know, this year, obviously, after that happened, you know, and we are all seeing what's happening with athletic departments because of not only that, but just their own programs not being able to have the attendance you know, and, uh, and what they do on campus is the pressure has definitely been on. It's, it's very much noticeable and, uh, definitely, uh, on folks' minds, including my own. Yeah. Well, look, I think you do a great job with this and I'm sure you're going to get through the next few weeks and it'll all work out fine. Speaking of that, I love for our listeners to hear, you know, usually you would jet set around the country and go to all these different <laughs> locations. Now it's all in Indianapolis. You're based in Indianapolis, like we said, where NCAA yep. headquarters is. What's your schedule like the next few weeks? Are you staying pretty close to Indianapolis or will you go to the other oh, yeah. areas? Oh, no, it's just Indy because all the games are here. So, uh, oh, yeah, I won't go. to. I'm not going to Bloomington or uh, or West Lafayette. So it's a little different for me. We have a command center this year, which is really kind of where our public safety folks are, our IU health uh, folks, our transportation, our logistics folks. Um, it's a big ordeal when you have this many teams here. So I'm 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 not going to be uh, uh, attending games. Um, I will be in here problem solving and putting out fires and uh, trying to keep the thing running smoothly. So I'm going to have a different seat, which I'm I'm actually you know um, you know going to be in front of uh, four TVs watching it. And, and put, like I said, putting out fires, which I haven't gotten to do in a long time. So I'm trying to embrace, okay, what, you know, what, what, uh, what does this look like? Or what are some of the, maybe look at it through a different lens because I don't get to watch them on until after the tournament when I, uh, you know, put them on my DVR, but um, I don't get to watch that many games. So that's what I will be doing this year. I, I um, you know, and I'm, and I'm good with that. Will you go to the final four? You'll be there in person for those, right? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, again, our command center is our command center. So yeah, we, I will be there in some shape or form, maybe a pie in hiding or somewhere, you know, where our command center is. We'll see. And you get to sleep in your own bed. Which yeah, is nice. it's not many hours, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I can't remember my fourth uh, replacement team because, uh, I'm just too old, Brian, to be living on this few of hours. Uh, oh, my I can't gosh. do it like I used to do. Um, I remember when I used to come to Indianapolis for Nike All-America Camp. Is St. Elmo still there in downtown it Indiana? Is. Oh. It is. Yep, it is. That's one of my favorite steakhouses, and I'm not trying to give them a plug. They're not a partner yeah. or anything. I just They had really good steak. Yeah, it is. It's been around for, oh, since maybe 1934, I think. My guess is you're going to need a reservation and you're going to need to be a <laughs> VIP to get a reservation in the next yeah. few weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Joanne Scott, the managing director of the NCAA Men's Basketball Championships. Always enjoy our conversations annually. Best of luck in the next few weeks and, and thanks so much. Yes. Embrace, you know, uh, uh, I will end with something that Clark Kellogg uh gave a speech two years ago that I try and wake up every day when I, like I said, on the little amount of sleep I'm getting, he always reminds us it's long days and it's a lot of work and a lot of people enjoy it, but we too need to embrace the joy of March Madness. So I'm hoping everybody listening embraces the joy of March Madness like never before this year. Well, and I think they will because we had it taken away last year. So we are going to appreciate it more this year. I know I will. Yep. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. And thanks to our partner, Molka Sports, for powering Sports Business Radio. 
Learn more about them online at molkasports.com. That's M-A-L-K-A sports.com. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions. GriggsProductions.com.